welcome to Dutch Wine Apprentice, the podcast. The following podcast is an integral recording of our talk show, Seller Talks. This show was broadcasted through Instagram Live on our Instagram page. For this reason, there might be references of images shown in the show and audio quality is affected. The full video recording of this show can be watched through our Instagram page in the IGTV section. This edition of Seller Talks, Season 2, Episode 5, was broadcasted on Friday the 26th of March 2021. In this episode, we welcome Joseph Tafana from Mosey Wines in South Africa. We talk with him about his career and of course you will learn all about Mosey Wines. We also tasted one of his wines, the Mosey Tinache 2018 Chenin Blanc. Hello everyone, good evening, welcome to another episode of Cellar Talks and today we're in uh, the last episode, well episode 5 actually, of season 2 and we're going to talk to a South African winemaker, um, Joseph Davana from Mosey Wines and Joseph will join us in a couple of minutes and uh, as you all might know this episode is postponed because it was supposed to be three weeks ago so we're catching up. And we will have a new season coming up, which is just announced in two weeks, um, or actually one week, we're already starting with season three. So uh, stay tuned for the new guests. I see some people from Germany as well, from Holland, even see Wines of South Africa that joins us. So nice to see uh, for everybody, Wines of South Africa is a, a great organization promoting South African wines. And uh, you can find them uh, in the uh, under the name uh, Wines of South Africa, the acronym. And they will also uh, host their own sessions uh, in the upcoming period. So if you want to learn more about South African wine, be sure to uh, follow those guys as well. I myself will be drinking today uh, Chenin Blanc from Mosey Wines, obviously. And Joseph, welcome. Thank you very much. Can you hear uh, me well? Indeed, yes, loud and clear. Very good. We always have these nice uh, issues when we go live because it's live. So that's the beauty of life. TV, I would say, but it's not TV, but it's the beauty of life. Um, nothing goes <laughs> as planned. So happy that you're here. Now, honestly speaking, I mean, um, it's, 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 it's an honor being on your show, uh, News. Really, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, as we may know that a lot has been happening all over the world. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of South Africa, uh, we we really have seen a lot, I mean, lots of lockdowns and whereby alcohol was not even allowed to be sold yeah. or consumed publicly, sold in the restaurants. And as we may know, that apart from me being uh, the owner of Mosty Wines and Spirits, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the head sommelier of Lacrum Restaurant. And... I didn't have work for more than six months, and, and that's, that, that means no, no income. Yes, it was closed. So now we are open, and uh, things are starting really to crawl back to track, and uh, we're starting to see really a few more guests coming uh, to the restaurant. So yeah, it's, it's better now than what it was. It's turning, it's turning for better now. Um, yeah. Well, I'm happy that you're here because, um, well, we were supposed to meet uh, three weeks ago, I think it was. So you were uh, in my season two. 
for the talk show. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, we uh, almost wrapped up season two and we're going into season three next week. But I didn't want to miss this episode because we have a, you have a great story and we will hear about that in a couple of minutes. But um, for the audience, um, this is episode five. So we're still in season two. And um, normally I interview either great winemakers or wineries or professionals from the industry. But you have a dual role, as you already said, so you can tell us all about that as well. But let's start a little bit first with an introduction about your background. So uh, what did you do in the past? How did you get to where you are right now? And then we'll start later talk about mostly wines as well, spirits also. No, good. Thank you very much for asking, uh, Niels. Uh, look, uh, I am a Zimbabwean by bed, um, who has been living in South Africa for 11 years. And um, I got, well, I was born, bred, and got my education in Zimbabwe, of course. And uh, and uh, I I grew up in rural areas uh, whereby um, there was no taxi, there was no, we, we, we couldn't hike or really grab a taxi to school. We could walk. Uh, sometimes, in, or in most cases, barefoot. I'm not trying to to get people having uh, to, to to sympathize with me, but this is exactly reality. what happened. Yeah, it's reality. It's exactly what happened, and it's still happening, even worse now. So, so yeah. So uh, after my secondary education, I went to a closest town called Gweru, where I worked, where I applied for a job worked as a cement operator for about seven years. I got my first job at, at the age of nine, no, 20. Yeah, at the age of 20. Mm-hmm. And um, so I worked there for seven years. Then I decided that like the economy that then in Zim was not that great, to be honest. I mean, you could work for food, you could work for like only for food and rent, nothing more, like no then, clothes. Then nothing, it was nothing, gone. Nothing so all your money went exactly. to debt and there was no more. Yeah like basic commodities i would say so then i decided with my wife to come down to south africa in 09 and we well she had a passport that's i know that for sure but i didn't have a passport mm-hmm. i came to south africa, south africa illegally i i would have been arrested i mean if they get caught they me. find out yeah of course so i came here illegally and i stayed in we stayed in the refugee camp for two weeks then we we got to get asylums, uh, which actually managed us to 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 find jobs or leave in South Africa for, as well for six months. Yeah, it, it was actually work and study in South yeah. Africa, right? So then, uh, that time there there is or there was a celebrity singer by the name of Lucky Dube who was ringing uh, uh, reggae music, who was singing reggae music in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So he was shot dead back then in 08. So his trial, his, the, 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 the trial was actually in 2009 at Jobek High Court. So because we didn't have anything to do, we actually going to the court and just sit outside the court, and, you know what I mean, like all that. Yeah. So the, the one of the most really viewed television uh, channel, like ETV, went through my face. Then my cousin saw me on hmm. TV. That's how she got to send money back home and um but your cousin was in zimbabwe or in south africa no was south africa in cape town she managed to call back back home uh sending money for people to try to find my contacts so that i can come to to cape town 
Yep. And she was actually, yeah, she, she was successful in that. Then um, we, in Jopek, so we, we stayed at this um, church method, this church, which was actually owned by or run by Paul Verain, who was the reverend. So ladies could sleep in the church. Yeah. Us as James could sleep on the, on, like on the, in the streets. So I, I slept in the street of Jobek. I slept in the streets of Jobek for two good weeks. The food we could get from those people who were cooking in the streets and giving people like for free, I had that food as well. So then I came down to Cape Town, 28 hour journey in a train. And um, when I arrived in Cape Town, which is really Castillo, I rested for a few days. Then I looked for a job as a gardener. So I was a gardener for about two years. Mm-hmm. And um, then I worked at this restaurant in the garden still um, up until the, the owner of the restaurant really asked me to wash the dishes in the kitchen because the kitchen ladies didn't turn up that day. It was yeah. on a weekend, which I did. I did the, like, I was alone, but I did the job of two people and was amazed. Fair enough. So then he asked me, he sat down with me. Then he asked me, Joseph, would you really want to you do you really want to to work in the kitchen i mean i've seen that you've got a bit of passion you're fast you're quick you you know what you, you know what i mean like you are there you can pick it up then i'm like uh, yeah yeah i'm like honestly speaking i don't think i will make a very good chef i don't want to work in the kitchen i'm sorry and um then i was like okay cool it's fine so i kept like i kept working in his garden so they could actually stop buying lettuce and chilies and other uh, green vegetables from the market so they, so they you could grew, actually get you grew it in their garden yeah. for them for the rest of yeah I, grew, I, I tilled the a veg and land from scratch and I grew vegetables like lettuce like basil um herbs of course i would say thyme like a whole lot more so they could actually get stuff from the kitchen from the garden instead of really uh buying so anyway so then i so he sat down with me again he was like joseph i really want you to join my team uh, my barman didn't turn up today. Would you want to be a barman? Yeah. Then I'm like, if, if you teach me how to, how it's, how it's done in the bar, I'll do it. So then we, I went in, I jumped in the bar. I knew nothing about even the, the easiest and cheapest cocktail, which is rock shanty. Like literally, I didn't, I didn't have a clue. Because remember, I grew up in a, in a background where wine, wine culture was not known. No, wine no. itself was unknown. Alcohol beverage was not known, you know. So, so I jumped in the bar, and I went in the bar, and it was very marvelled, you know. And uh, after I covered that, he was like, "Joseph, you know what? You're gonna take this position permanently because the barman is gone. We don't have a barman now. So, if but you, you know want to do it, you learned it. So, no, he taught me. So he said, "If you want to still work in the kitchen, sorry, sorry, in the in the garden, you can still work in the garden." But then more time, you will spend more time in the bar. Then I'm like, okay, cool, I'll do it. Which I did. And I was promoted from a barman to, 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 to be a waiter. That was very close to 2010 Soccer yep. World Cup in South Africa. Yep. Because South Africa hosted a World Cup. So just a few months before that, I, I left that restaurant amicably because I wanted to uh, find any rest, restaurant exposure. So then I joined this restaurant in Gardens, Cape Town, by the name of um, Aubergine, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to Aubergine restaurant, 
and I worked as a barman there for six months. Then I went back to Ruby Castillo. Then when, well, because of the exposure, because of the experience which I had in the fine dining restaurant, when I no. went back, I was the head, well, the restaurant changed ownership. Then I was the head waiter there. And then I started studying wine. You know, so that's when you uh, when you came back there. This is where your wine study discovery started, yeah, basically. Correct, correct. Yeah, because they've got such a beautiful wine culture at Aubergine. Anyway, so it was my birthday on the seventh of March, twenty ten, mm -hmm. and the owner of the restaurant gave me a glass of bubbly. It was Peter Kratov made by Rubik Sealers. I still know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yes, yes. Because it was my aha moment. Mm -hmm. So I tried that and I didn't like it at all. Like literally, I just ate the first sip, then oof, it was a no no for me. If this is supposed to be good, I'm not in. <laughs> no, look, I thought maybe it's something, something which I've never actually tasted in my life, never tasted in my entire life, you know. So then I tried this uh, Peter Creative and it was so dry. I'm feeling like I'm tasting fizz on the palate. It wasn't, it wasn't palatable. It wasn't really good at all, to be honest. I mean, not saying the wine is bad, but then my palate was not that, was not was not polished to that extent of like really uh, knowing what's good or what's Which what's is good. understandable yeah. because your background was yeah. totally not accustomed to, you're not, not accustomed to it at all. So you have to develop it, as you said. Yeah. So then, yeah, after that, and uh, I started studying wine. Uh, 2014, I made my maiden vintage of Moses Sira, one barrel. Uh, half a ton, then I made Chenin Blanc as well. Just but, as that, but that that was when you were still working in the restaurant, so it was dual yes. next to Steward, yeah. yeah. Steward Baba Black Sheep restaurant. And um so then I made one pair of each. Uh after that I then uh, got a job in Cape Town at uh, La Colombe restaurant. I was actually head-handed. I got this job when I was testing wine somewhere. Anyway, uh, then 20, that's 2014, 2015, I ended a competition of uh, what you call blind wine testing championships. Uh, it's actually was in different uh, provinces in, in, in yeah. South Africa. Then I managed to score better and I went to France representing South Africa. I think I was, I was third best that year, 2015. That was the World, World Championships blind tasting, right? right? Yeah. yeah, in 2015. So by, I went way, to by, by the way, why, why do you take a sip? Somebody was asking, do we save this life? Yes, of course we do, because the story needs to be heard again. So we save all the lives. They're all in the, they're all going to be in the Instagram TV. So don't, people don't have to be afraid that they uh, cannot watch it back. It will be saved, the story. So you were making your own wine. That's where, uh, where we were. Yeah, so I, I made a bottle of Syrah and, uh, and Chenin Blanc. And separately of course then i went to the world championships uh uh with south african ticket okay so so then when we went there we were number 10 out of 20 countries and i came back that same year that's when i started with a micro michael Friedgen, mm -hmm. a wine judging academy which works with uh or in conjunction with the university of cape town so then then i could be a wine judge qualified wine judge so um, I'm a qualified one judge as well. Then 2017, I founded with my with the other guys, Team Zimbabwe, uh, which I captained, and we went to. I think Pardon is, is actually uh, online on this live. Mm -hmm. With also in Holland, Pardon, Tinashe Nyamboka, and Malvin Gwese. 
So we went to we went to uh, Burgundy, where where we at Boise, uh, I think, where we committed. And uh, I think we're number 24 out of 25 countries. We only managed to beat Italy. I'm sorry if there's any Italian watching, but yes, we only you managed think, to beat You would Italy. think Italians know something about tasting, but they probably only drink Italian wines. So we should give oh, them a French wine. They don't know. <laughs> exactly. Look, it, Italy's been making wine for, for centuries. You know, it's yeah. like really for thousands of years. So, so you beat the guys so, that uh, are making wine for centuries. It's good. Yeah, so, so us really beating Italy was such a monster achievement. We were so happy. We have no idea. Like, like as if we won World Cup. So anyway, so we went back again in 2018. And um, that's when we came 14th out of 26 countries, which was really, really amazing. So you jumped we up. Beat, we beat Netherlands. I need to mention this. Netherlands. We beat Netherlands. Yes, I think USA. <laughs> Uh, Spain, we beat them as well, and a couple of other really big countries there, we beat them, and uh, we were so so happy. So, so yeah, th that is it. That that is it in brief. And um, and I'm and saying then you were uh, uh, you were working at the Colombia restaurants or not that not at that moment because now we will jump a little bit forward. So then you went more into the winemaking, but you're now also still active. In a restaurant, yeah. Well, I'm still with the Lacolum restaurant, and I'm still making my own wines, uh, which is uh, most of the wines, of course, which we're going to talk about That's later. What we're going to talk about, um, and, um, and of course, in 2019, I was voted uh, best uh, eat out sommelier of the year in South Africa um, uh, because of COVID. We never had any other function like that. 2020, 2021. Now I don't know if we're going to have one, but I'm still the reigning. Uh, best uh, yeah, because nobody, nobody beats you. There's no competition now. Yeah, but, because of COVID, I mean, there's no competition yeah. at all. Hopefully, things it's will change. Nice. It's not nice. I'm smiling, but okay, you're still the champion. Uh, well, I try. I mean, uh, so many people really want to know how I got how to learn this, this so far. Look, yeah. um, look, wine tasting is a skill. There's a skill. There's talent for sure. So if he could tell everyone can test wine, trust me, each and every person can test wine, but then you're going to have to add a bit of more spices to that. You're going to have to show a bit of passion and energy. You know, yeah. you have to invest. I really, I really invested a lot in this. I didn't mention that in six months, I traveled 30,000 kilometers with my car, only in the Western Cape province, testing wines to each and every wine farm. And I spent a lot of money then. So, so it's about it's take, about uh, practicing. It's the training. Yeah, practice. We need to keep on practicing every day. I don't skip a day without sipping wine. Yeah. It's impossible. You're uh, building your library uh, all the time. Yeah, exactly. So it will be very easy for me if I get the uh, if I get to test wine which I've tried before. I then have to really just uh, go back to my uh, to my bank and In your reference. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. So and then, but now let's go to um, you're talented. You're uh, talented in tasting, but you're also good in making wine. And you've already done it now a couple of years. Now you have your company. So how did the transition go to Mosi Wines? Well, uh, as fun as it it it, it sounds, or it may sound, it's it's really, um, I. 
is. It's, it's, it was something, it was like mm -hmm. more experimental. We just happened to, to, I just thought of like really doing this on experimental basis. Then, yep. uh, then after that, I, I realized that I got a bit of following. People were like commenting good or positively about my wines. Then I, I never stopped. Uh, so in 2014, we started with 300 bottles of each. Now we're making uh, just under 15,000 bottles, you know. So How, how many? So sorry? Just under 15,000. 15,000, a little bit less than 15,000. Yeah. Yeah. One, one five, one five. For, so two, it, for two wines? Yeah, for two wines. For two which, wines. Which ones? Chenin uh, Blanc. I know, I know, but uh, the audience doesn't know. Chenin Blanc and Syrah. Syrah so, yeah, so seven blanks just joined now. We only made about uh, 1,200. So you have three, you have three now. Three now. Uh, so seven blanks just joined. We made about 1.2 uh, bottles. And I think Holland, uh, African wines uh, in Netherlands, they are taking, I think, 300 bottles. So we have enough for you guys there. Okay. Uh, some are going to Switzerland, some are going to Germany. Uh, and some other Estonia as well and Zimbabwe. So, so then there is also a Bordeaux blend, which is going to be a surprise. Hi Edgar, uh, which is going to be a, a surprise. And um, we. So you're you're now telling uh, me you're coming up with a fourth wine, a Bordeaux blend. Yeah, yeah. So it's when a surprise. You, when do you stop? I I don't know. Eh? I wish I could. So, so the, <laughs> that's good. So anyway, I like it. So I, I collaborated with these lovely, lovely guys, uh, which are my partners in that particular wine, Harry Hartman and Mossy. So, so I, I met these these lovely guys. Marcel is the guy I met, and uh, we started chatting and all that stuff. Then we collaborated. Now we're making a Bordeaux blend together, which is going to be like at least two thousand bottles, which is going to be on the market. That's it. And uh, we're doing other things. Yeah, behind but, that, it's mostly area Atman. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's um, um, for the audience. Huh? Uh, let's talk a little bit about how the wine industry in South Africa is, because people are listening. Uh, a lot of people are from Europe. We are used to the fact that you have a winery and there is a winemaker. It's just a, a profession in the winery. You have your own vineyards. Okay, in France they have some corporations that just that buy the wine, the grapes, and make the wines. But in South Africa, it's not like that. Huh? I mean, we had a show before with Pardon. We talked about South Africa in general. There's okay. There is vineyards. There is wineries, but there is a lot of independent winemakers like you. Indeed, yes. I mean, look. Um... I, I, I don't have more, I don't have a fed account to buy a vineyard in South Africa yet. No. Um, so I rely on buying grapes and the vineyards of Shane Blanc and Syrah, which I'm using, I got given those by Chris and Andrea Malenio. They were so okay. kind to give me those. So that's what, what I'm using right now. Uh, so, so now you have your dedicated, your dedicated vineyards. So now you, you don't okay. have to go and, and look for the best ones so you just know these ones are well you know how they how they are and how they perform and this is your your to to use basically yeah for sure so that's exactly how i i i, I i'm doing it at the moment so so yeah uh all these other vineyards are just coming but then these are these two ones for me they are the iconic uh two grape varieties which i really rely on them the most 
So Sarah is about 22-year-old trellised block. Then Shane Blanc, which is what I'm seeing now, 2019, is two different two different blocks, 30-year-old and 39-year-old block. Which is my 30-year-old and a 39-year-old block. And these are bush fires. Okay. Pretty much low yield, much concentrated. I would say flavors. I would say. And uh, it's 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 really we don't really trust much uh, or new wood. So in the Chenin Blanc, there is no new oak at all. We just use seasoned barrel, like second and third field. But then in the cedar, we use about twenty-five percent new oak. But then Swartland rule is mostly twenty percent new oak, then the rest. You know what I mean? If you are Swartland, tend to be corrected. So yeah. that that's exactly. How we do it, and uh, I've seen that is doing very well in in numerous countries. Uh, Eddie Gross, I mean, is selling is very well in Netherlands. It's really, really doing very well. I've seen poor photos, and uh, among other guys, Actually, all over uh, the world, that's where I tasted there. your Chenin Blanc the first time uh, was with uh, Edgar. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how it happened. <laughs> so that's how yeah. I, I got to know the name, and I, I got to know Mosi wines uh, through uh, Lindolf, where I had uh, the wine first time. Stunning. So, so just to give you a news, a, a brief of background about how I got to think of the label, because obviously some people really want to know. Yeah. So because because I'm Zimbabwean, okay, let's start from Mosi. Okay. So Mosi is to shorten Mosuyatunya, which means the smoke that thunders. That is Victoria Falls, which is the falls you see on the label here, right? Yeah, and um, it's it's that's the umbilical cord between Joseph and his country. Okay, I only visited Victoria Falls in 2019 at the age of 37. I've never. So you were 37. Was the first time you went there? Yeah, the only time when I went there, first time ever. Was obviously I couldn't afford. Even my parents couldn't afford to send me to Victoria Falls, so I had to come to South Africa, work in South Africa, save money. Go to Victoria to Falls go and back enjoy my country. To Zimbabwe to go to the, to the Victoria Falls. There we go. That's exactly what happened. So you will see that all, all the wines or all our products are named yeah. after family members. Tinashe Shannon Blanc is my son, he's 17 now. Of course, yes, I know. I don't look that uh, old of like really <laughs> uh, having a son. I didn't want to say it, but okay, it's your words. So uh, this, this is the recipe. You're the me, the medicine. <laughs> yeah, this is the medicine. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that. So so. So Tinashe, Tinashe is your son. This is the name of the Chenin Blanc. Yeah. Flavien de Sira is my dad, who passed on in 2004. It was a tribute to him because he's the one who taught me all the ropes. He told me before he died that a man's day should be at least minimum 16 hours, not less than that. So, you long know, days. So, until today, I wake up at five o'clock and I, I can't go to bed before 12. So, you know, hard working. I'm always busy trying to work hard and all that stuff. So, it's really in my genes and it's really in my system. To work that that hard, whether I'm working what, for Lacolom, what's, what's his for name? Mostly, your, fa your father's name, your late father's name, Flavian. 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 And so that's the name of Shiraz of Flavian. Yes. Then there is something which is coming. Bubbly is gonna come soon. Is in the pipeline. It's called Amelia, which is my wife. Yeah. Then I have uh, 
I have a second label now, which I just introduced. No one actually tested the wine except myself. And I'm going to, I'm going to let it really uh, tested and kept on for the first time next week. So there is now serving blank made in Walker Bay. It's called Mapopoma. So Mapopoma, it's a white label, same label, but white. So it's called okay. Mapopoma. So Mapopoma is, is a Shona name meaning falls, the falls, like Victoria Falls. Yeah. And you this know. is the third so, one, the Sauvignon Blanc that's coming up. Yeah. So the Syrah Shedding Sauvignon Blanc bubble is coming soon. Then that, that's the Bordeaux blend I Bordeaux mentioned blend. earlier. Yeah, yeah, so you're a busy yeah. man. I, now I see why you need the 16 hours every day. <laughs> yeah, you're adding wines all the time. Yeah, really, it's, it's it's really look. If you snooze, you lose in life. I mean, yeah. you're gonna have to try your level best to up your game every day. And a day spent without learning something new is a day wasted. That's what oh, I believe uh, in. You know, I really, so I really, you're gonna I really, have to I really like that philosophy. Yeah. So um, before yeah. we go further in, let's talk about uh, Chenin Blanc. We already talked a little bit about it, but uh, we're going to taste it. Um, we both have this in the glass. So um, for the audience to show, we see this color. Uh, I know this is iPhones, but you can already see this gorgeous amber-like color almost. So tell us a little bit about uh, how the wine's made first and then what, what we taste if we, we drink the wine. So like I mentioned, two different blocks and everything is done by hand there's no mechanical harvest at all it's bush one it's very low lying like close to the ground yeah you're gonna have to use the secateurs and use your lock boxes those crates you obviously put them in there early in the morning we put in a, a temperature controlled van we send the cellar and we actually happen to press there's no skin color oh you happen to press immediately and um the wine was actually permitted naturally like in a very natural way and um, there's like really no added enzymes, 10 months in the barrel. And we, we, we really want people to test wine as it is, like as is. Yeah. Uh, wine shouldn't taste more wood. Wine should, you should test more wine than any other additive, like any other, like, 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 like wine should taste like wine, not wood, not yeah. the other way, you know? So, so why, why is the, um, for the people that don't know, we have people that are experienced in wine, people that don't know. People, some people might think, why do you use the wood if you don't want to make it come back? But can you explain to the audience why it's important that you use it for the winemaking process? Look, wood gives a bit of more, like slightly spiciness mm -hmm. and a bit of structure, definitely. Yeah. Which, which, which will be actually enhanced with the least conduct of the wine. So if the wine is on the lease and in yeah. the barrel, and you, if you steer the barrel, like what you call patronage, the wine will have a bit of more, more structure, a bit of more weight. Patronage is so when, you steer, when you steer the lease, yeah. so it comes yeah. up and the contact goes yeah. through the wine. A, a bit of spiciness, of course, from the barrel. So you need that. I'm not saying you don't have to have it. No. You can even use new barrel, but then the wine doesn't really have to spend more time in the new barrel. Yeah, Otherwise, wine will be overtly, yes, it will be overtly opt, and that will be actually spoil the flavors of the wine. We don't want yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's exactly so, what and then, then it goes on oak, and uh, what's the process after that for the duration of the fermentation? Uh, uh, well, the, then we wait for the magic to happen, um, uh, Mother Nature, and uh, you, you never know. We, 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 try, we just trust 
natural process, to be honest. And it's very risky to really trust that purely because anything can happen if you don't protect your wine. Yes, we do add a bit of uh, sulfates to like to to preserve the wine, definitely, uh, but like really limited, you know. So th- th- that's what we do in brief, and we we trust that people. I mean, someone should actually have the. If you sip wine once, you should actually be able to have another sip and still yeah. nod. You know that you're having a very good wine. So now tell us what we're uh, experiencing when we're having this Chenin uh, Blanc. So this Tinashe Chenin Blanc 2019, um, 10 months the barrel French oak seasoned. Uh, it's quite fresh, elegant, I would say. And Swatland, Swatland terroir is pretty much amazing. It gives a bit of more, this is actually decomposed granite soil. So granite soil, it's actually very good in terms of um, uh, like drainage system when the vines yeah. are actually, yeah, good for drainage. And that gives a bit more acidity to the, to the, to the berries or the wine a bit more uh, water retention back. And um, pretty much low yield, much, uh, concentration there Very you get and what what we do get in the vineyard you want to actually take that straight to the to the cellar and in the bottle so wine is a story right every in each and every bottle of wine mm-hmm. there's a story behind that you understand story we of vintage wine, for instance yeah we, we we really we 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 actually tell our stories differently I had to tell my story in, in a form of wine. Some people tell their stories in movies. Some yeah. people tell their stories in novels, but mine is in wine. So when we harvest, it's minimum intervention, no skin contact at all. And we, we, we then uh, leave the wine, the uh, uh, French, French oak barrels and barrels for about 10 months, keep on testing, visiting, and see what we actually can do. Then uh, as soon as we are satisfied, then we can probably blend the barrels if we can. If there is one barrel which is not which is underperforming, yeah. you have to take it off and only use those that are actually very very good. Then we then we put our wine. Yeah. So that's exactly what we what we so do about trust. A, a ten months, but it depends obviously on the vintage and what the grapes have seen, and that's uh, so. Uh, what notes do we get for the, from the, from the wine? Because the wood, obviously, like you said, it's there, but it's not overwhelming. So. What, what do you experience? You, you feel the power, but you also have the spiciness. I think it's important. Yeah, so there is more of your stone fruits, like little nectarines, peaches and prunes, there you do pick medium ripe mostly, and you do get a bit of more mineral notes, like white stones, as if it's just rained. You pick a bit more white stones there as well. And um, there's a bit of papaya or purple, Mm-hmm. That you pick on the middle palate. It's not creamy. It's got very good acidity, really, to cleanse the palate or to actually hold the wine together. Because longe- longevity of wine is actually based on the acidity. Yeah. You can't have longevity if you don't have acidity. So, acidity is the backbone of longevity. It's actually the most important thing in the wine. So, this one has got such a like really high natural acidity in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the mid palate, you get again those mineral notes coming through stone fruits, a bit of nettle, like you get more of your tropical flavors. And again, it lingers. The wine really 
tells a story. It lingers. It's got library of aromas as you really visit the glass again and again. So no, that's, I that's what, what, what I like. When you, when you take the sip, uh, it develops from the first moment to when it's in your mouth, but also when it's, you wash it down the throat. But then, like you said, you take a second sip, you have something different. It's not yeah. flat. You have all these different levels building up. True. It's, it's multidimensional, I may say. I think I think you're right in expressing that. Multidimensional is a word that I would feel comfortable using for this wine as well. So, um, how many vintages did you make of this one until now? Which is uh, 2019, is there? How many? Uh, so, so, we started in 20, 2014. We only skipped 2015 vintage. Okay. But the rest, we have, all, we have all those vintages. And then the Shiraz came around the same time, or? Yeah, same time. So, we, 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 I would say we made five vintages so far. Okay. Was a, we skipped 2015, but Syrah we made each and every vintage. And 2015 Syrah, if you can get it, it's amazing, really, 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 the really. 2015 good. vintage. Uh, yeah, it's stunning, really. I, I, I don't think I've made really uh, a Syrah like that thus far. Really, really so good. So that brings me to a question uh, in terms of aging of the, the aging potential of the wines, but not maybe I should not say aging potential because that's one thing. Another thing is the development on the bottle yeah. for the wine. Can you tell us a little bit about how you see development of your wines on the bottle? Uh, look, it's it's very difficult to tell uh, because again of the of what we what we get. Yeah. Mother Nature controls everything, and we are going to have to respect it. To be honest, she's, she's the one who controls whatever we do in the winemaking industry. Yeah. So other vintages got high acidity, other vintages got very neutral acidity, you know, or some, some get low. 2015 was such a great one. In South Africa, 17 the same, 19 the same. So the natural acidity is quite high. So all those wines, I expect them to age longer. Yeah. Right? I, I tried 2014 recently. It was not really uh, great. Uh, of course, it was a trial vintage, but it was not amazing. Mm -hmm. But um, other vintages really have got a very good acidity and they, they age longer. So 2015, if you can get it, buy it, keep it, test some, and keep some away. 2017, it's still circulating. Buy 2017, Chenin Blanc, 2017, Sarah, test and keep some away as well. But 2019, this is... My personal, or personally, or my personal best vintage thus far from Mossy Wines. Of all of so them, the have been one, really good. The last one that came out is your. It's best just one stunning, and we are almost sold out. I think we left with about 150 bottles now, and uh, Jens Robinson gave it 17.5 out of 20. Can you tell us a little so, bit about? Can you tell us a little bit about her because you know her pretty well, huh? Yeah, well, Jens Robinson. Uh, we we know that. For those who want to use a term "god," she is really the god of the wine industry. She knows pretty much almost or literally everything, and almost. And she has everyone. a heart for South Africa. And she was about Zimbabwe. Yes, for sure, she's got such a very kind heart for South Africa and Team Zimbabwe. She is the only person from England, and uh, it was here and uh, uh, Tamrin, Tamrin Cullen. I think, yes, those were the two people who were to fly from London to support us in Burgundy, 
support Team Zimbabwe in Begin, and she posted, she wrote a story about us. And this story was actually, um, uh, well, Erica Plata started, then Charles Robinson actually took over the story. And then the story was actually taken over by the Australian uh, movie makers. So now we, there's a documentary coming soon. It was supposed to be out last year, but hopefully it's going to be out soon so that everyone can actually see how we grew up in our story respective is. Uh, home yeah. and how, how we got to be in the wine industry and where we are right now. That's an interesting story. So I hope people can get uh, access to it and see it because I think there is a, a great story behind it. Um, but you rated the wine very high as well. Like you said, the 2019 vintage was a... Uh, according to her, great performance as well. Indeed. And um, I personally, look, I had a feeling that it will actually score a little bit fairly high uh, from here because when I test my wines, I mean, as a, as a qualified wine judge, I know exactly what to expect. Sometimes you're not I score biased, my you're wines. Not biased no. because you do so I'm many judging. I am not biased at all. Uh, so when I sent to her, I thought maybe she was going to go maybe 16 and then about. But then when I saw 71.5, I was like, wow. Are you sure? That's, that's amazing. That's really something else. I was very, very happy, honestly. Yeah. It's a great performance. And I think it's, uh, it deserves uh, uh, the wine, but also uh, you and the company deserves a bigger stage. So I'm happy to do stuff like this, even if it contributes just a little compared to what Genesis is doing. But okay, uh, everything helps, uh, I have to say. But um, it brings me to a question from our previous guest, and uh, maybe this is the right moment to ask that. Uh, Kirsty, uh, I had on the show, we were talking about the uh, US and uh, wine, US as a wine country. And um, I asked her, do you have a question for, uh, for Joseph? And she said, can you ask him, where do you see South African wine industry going? And then uh, specifically thinking about the fact that you were in an upward trend, uh, more or less with African wines, South African wines, before the Corona came, uh, the COVID came, and then um, let's say in the in the in the history in the past ten years there were some up, ups and downs on the world stage for South African wine, but the general trend was going up really. I mean there was increasing recognition. Uh, people are uh, were looking for the wines. You were getting more attention. Now COVID came. So obviously this impacts, it impacts everybody, but you explained in the beginning already in South Africa, there is huge impact because also the alcohol bans, etc. How do you see, um, where do you see South Africa going now after this? So we cannot say it's finished, but we see there's maybe light at the end of the tunnel. Do you think you will pick up the trends upwards or are there other challenges at the moment that uh, is keeping you from international uh, recognition? Look, uh, South Africa has been making wines for more than 350 years, mm -hmm. and a lot has been happening each and every year. It was more of a learning curve, and um, we. I would like to. I hate really to speak for the masses. That's why I didn't actually study politics. Yeah. Um, but in this case now, you push me to the corner, so we have to to mention. Now you can that, say it from um, your perspective, but I, I think it does work like that. If you ask questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, look, uh, so South African wine industry, yes, we faced some difficulties and challenges during lockdown when there was liquor or alcohol ban and all that stuff. And uh, we pleaded with the whole world that please, wherever you see any bottle made in South Africa, 
May buy you please it. buy it. Just for the sake of the industry, so that it can survive, because it's crippled. It was really so bad, and up to now, things hasn't been really back to normal in the sense that, of course, we are allowed to sell alcohol, we are allowed to export. Well, exports have never been banned, so we are allowed to export. We are allowed to sell once on consumption, like on site consumption, uh, whatever. But then again, there is this gap which we missed, which was like more than six months, yeah. which is going to be very, very difficult for us to cover it. Yeah, you have to write yeah. it off, basically. Yeah, that's not easy, because you cannot write it off. The, the damage is done is a dent, which is a huge dent, which is going to actually cost a lot of effort and money to cover it up. So now, most of the wine farms, they harvested, or they finish off harvesting now, and the, the wine, the grapes are in, the grapes are, uh, what do you call, um, pressed already yeah. but they still have more wine to sell from last year you check yeah. so that's really something which we still pleading with the world that please if you if you see that can bottle buy it uh, for the sake of supporting and, and i i can see uh that or i can actually i've got a feeling that uh we most of south african wines might actually go for cheap or less uh, but still yeah or hence, hence good quality because people would want to really release the stock and create more space, you know. So even if you see a cheaper or inexpensive bottle of wine in the wine shops, it's not really cheap on the palate. Please buy it, test it. You are, the, you are your own judge. I yeah. always tell people, even if you see my testing notes, even if you see my scoring, if you see Robert Parker's scoring, just Robin's scoring, test what's in your glass yeah. and see if you like it. Well, you all have your own reference as well, eh? so um, that's what I, I mean, I like scoring, it gives you an idea. On the other end, I always find it difficult to do it myself, because there's so many aspects you have to think of, and what for me is something I like, is not something that you will like. And you're a judge, a wine judge, so I mean, I can ask you this, um, how do you deal with that? Because you have to put yourself in another dimension when you're tasting and trying wine, basically. What do, well, you look, yes. what do you look for as a judge when you're when you're testing the quality of the let's say yeah a grade if you want to talk about a grade uh, for a wine? Well, there's a lot to consider, Niels, when you when you're judging uh, great great wines. You're gonna have to look at flavor profile. You're gonna have to look at um, aromas. You're gonna have to look at acidity, which I mentioned earlier, which is the backbone. Acidity is the glue which puts yeah. the wine together. You need that, definitely. You're gonna have to have acidity. For me, if I have to score a little bit better for any or to any wine, I have to taste acidity in the wine. Otherwise, I'll be yeah. tasting poor water. I don't wanna taste wine and think I'm drinking water. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, has to, it has to be appealing just to, to talk to me. Wine has to have a conversation with me. So acidity, flavor profile, fruit, how, how much oak is in the wine? And the, the balance regime of all of this. The if the wine balance is the wine balance, is it intricacy? Is can I have a second Can I have a second seat? All those things really happen to come to play. When we're judging wines mostly, we don't look at the labels because it will no. come blind. No. You know what I mean? They come blindly. So in those pockets. So so those things are really something to consider when you're judging wine. 
Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a, a very wise lesson because a lot of people ask themselves the question, uh, okay, I have my own reference and I can think about what I like, what I don't like, but it's difficult to put yourself away mm -hmm. and look at this, these other things that you were talking about. So I think it's great lessons. Um, maybe it's time to see if the audience has any questions. We had some questions in the show, so uh, we try to answer them in the, in the meanwhile. If you have any questions, you can drop them um, in the chat or in the question mark box. So uh, everybody that uh, wants to ask something to Joseph or to me or about uh, South Africa or about uh, ah, Mosi wines, you can do so. Um, in the meanwhile, I also have another question. Um, you were talking about uh, the new wines that are coming up. Do you have any other um, plans for Mosi wines and spirits? Because actually the company is named Mosi Wines and Spirits, right? Yes, so correct. Spirits as well. So do we have anything else? Well, we're not talking about the Sauvignon Blanc or the Bordeaux Blanc. I, I am thinking of going towards uh, rum, which is going to be part of the spirits. Um, we do have sugarcane here in Deben, South Africa. We do have sugarcane, most like a lot of sugarcane in Zimbabwe, Chirate's side. So if I buy probably that and make uh, rum, I, I, I think it will be really, really uh, top quality. We are spoiled of choices here in South Africa and in Africa in general. We've got lots of resources. We've got lots of things to play around with. Mm -hmm. You just need to unlock that for you to be somewhere. So there, there, look, I've got a lot, a lot of things planned. Uh, I know, excuse me, money is going to be a factor. But a lot of things are really coming to, to, to play. And uh, I, I, if, if all goes well, at some point, I, really, I wish I could own land in, 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 in um, Eastern Islands, like Nyanga, Mutare, there in Zimbabwe, yeah. so that I can actually have a mossy vineyard like, and, and have so wines you, made So you're not Zimbabwe. telling us that you would like to go back to Zimbabwe and make your own wine from vineyards there? Indeed, yes, of course. There's no place like home. I would like to go back. Oh, of course, everything will be in South Africa, but I'll be having a cellar or a vineyard running in Zimbabwe. So then you can have... label it as Zimbabwe wine and yeah. not South African yeah. wine. I think yeah, it's wine good, of origin. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know Zimbabwe. about I don't know about wines from Zimbabwe at the moment. I mean, is is it existing uh, this industry or not at all? It's said to say most of the vineyards were uprooted. Yeah. And uh, they, they were planting tobacco, like really these uh, cash crops. Yeah. But then I would like to, I would like to say, um, it's it's really important to think of to think of like to look at things in a bigger picture. Yeah. You check. So if you have vineyards in Zimbabwe, that's gonna help the next generation. It creates yeah. employment. It gives a bit of more foreign currency to the country. You know, the tourists who come. And wanting to taste Zimbabwean wine made by a Zimbabwean, that's special. Nothing can yeah, beat that, it's you know. True. So, so we, we need that. We, we definitely have to have that. And I think government has to come to party because it's not mostly only which is going to benefit in this case, but it's the people, the nation. And, and us as mostly, we are all about the people. We really want to give back to the community. That is why you have seen that when cycling really affected Zimbabwe, I, I, I put some wines together and I spoke to the chef uh, at Aubergine restaurant with the owner 
with uh, Harold, Precious yep. Leeds, and some other friends out there, like the owners of the Touring, Nordea Wines, Triple Three Distillery, you name them. We put, we put our products together and we managed to raise money, which built houses. We built houses. We built like 10 houses and we looked after 34 different homesteads. We gave them food hampers. So that's really giving back. In South Africa, we, we, we managed to, to help Isiko School of Catering in the township of Langa, uh, an orphanage in Ribiga still, uh, which is called Kutukadakt, give them some money as well when you auction the box of mostly wine. So yeah. we, are all, we are all about giving, giving back. back to the community yeah, yeah. Oh. because uh, th that's actually what I believe in because I was also helped to be where I am right now. I think it's I think it's a great uh, idea. I think it shows the the, the, well, the kind of man you are and what you think is important. Um, I also love when you have the wines that are named after family members. I mean, it shows that you're uh, proud of, of of your family and your background. I mean, this is a nice, really nice gesture. I think uh, a lot of people um, might not have experienced your wines, but they are available in Europe. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's not impossible to buy them here. Actually, if they go online, they will find Mosey wine. So I encourage everybody also to go and look for them and, uh, and try because, uh, well, they're really quite something. If you think about Chenin Blanc, uh, in this case, I, I've never experienced the Chenin Blanc like this. I mean, there's certainly very much different styles of Chenin Blanc, but this is a, well, a very typical one. So uh, I think you're doing a great job here. Um, I have a question for you for next uh, episode because um, we're going to start season three and the guest for next episode is from a very different country, a wine country, Austria. So I don't wow. know how much you know about Austria and Austrian wine, but when I was thinking about Austrian wine, the first thing I think of is Grüne Veldliner, um, which is not nice. one of the wines they make a lot. So to be honest, this winery does more Sauvignon Blanc. But do you have a question for the winemaker, uh, Pauls is, uh, is the name, for Austrian uh, wines? Maybe something you want it's to know bit, and it's ask. Bit, it's a bit strange because remember when we spoke earlier news, I told you that I'm going for, for my quick and early dinner at Aubergine restaurant. And yeah. the whole table still is full of uh, Austrians. And my friend there is uh, Leo Hillinger. <laughs> that person should know Leo Hillinger. is known in Austria. For making wines there is making wines for quite some time and uh i know um i know um uh some corner betliners from uh from 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 austria like hollenbeger really good wine i like that yeah but then again i i'm quite intrigued to to know why and how is this producer went for Savin blanc which part of uh, of austria is are, are they situated? Is it for how? Is it's it where exactly, Sü really? Sü and Süd and like it right. Südsteiermark. Süd so it's uh, not really, really not in the Wachau area where you know that there is a lot of Grüneveldiner and Riesling. They're more in the, well, I would say more towards the central parts. But um, uh, Südsteiermark and, uh, well, they have some other wines. But uh, Sauvignon Blanc is their, well, main wine, I would say. So, um, yeah. That's what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about. Uh, obviously, also about the winery, but uh, also about the Sauvignon Blancs. So, what shall I ask them? Why no, they make? Why did they decide I, 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 to go I, I, for I, the Sauvignon Blanc? 
I just want to know if with no like really uh, any bed blood with seven blanket or oh, because I'm making seven blankets war, but yeah, why seven blank? I just want to ju- just ask this this question: Why seven blank? Okay, I think I, I want to know. I think it's a good question. It's interesting because you are also about to make uh, your Sauvignon Blanc. So we have two very mm-hmm. different countries. We have South Africa and we have Austria. So uh, well, the difference could not be bigger. Maybe I don't know, but. Uh, Surely there is a lot of difference in the terroir and everything. Um, I but before you go, Neil, yeah. before you go, don't take the answer from this person as why not. We don't want the, we don't want that answer. No, 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 no. Because no. I, well, I never, I never accept something like that. So <laughs> yeah, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to hear why not. I just want. We, we want to have we want to have a good answer. We don't want to have a polite yeah. answer or a short answer yeah. that we cannot use. Yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Joseph. I also saw the guys from Wosa uh, uh, online earlier and uh, just uh, checking out. I think, but Wosa is doing a great job. Wines of South Africa uh, in, in multiple countries promoting South African wines. Uh, I know they're uh, about to do some online sessions with, uh, uh, let's say, uh, a tour through South Africa to talk with about different winemakers online. So I would encourage everybody also to check out Rosa, uh, Wines of South Africa. And of course, uh, Mosey Wines, because, well, you already have two great wines, uh, but you have number three and number four coming up. So I don't know where this stops. I now see the question, well, will you make a Pinot Noir and a Pinot Tache? Well, um, uh, I can tell well, you guys, that, probably within that, 10 years. That's interesting. Pinot Noir, maybe soon but not very soon but the pinotage i don't know you read my mind because next year i'm going to buy a ton of pinotage and make uh something but that's a very good question i'm going to make something pinotage ah, because it's very good it's oh, a great variety is, is yeah it's it's our own grape variety and i'm going to get uh, it from 43 old bush pine block in swartland so i'm going to make something for you and I would Very like good. you to, to, to try that. Please pick, uh, write that name down. We will yeah, make sure I will, that. I will write it down. I know the guy, so uh, okay, he, okay. he lives nearby. I'm sure we will go, we can get him the wine. Yeah, that Very person good. is going to get that photo to Very try. Good. And and for those for those who are going to buy Mosi wines, please download an application from any Android yeah. called Label in Motion. Label, label like in Label. Motion. Yeah. Label in motion one way. It's in gray color. So when you download that, try to focus. I wish I had my second phone with me. Yeah. Try to focus. Focus on the on the label. Most label. You get so to not, see. So like this, you, you put it next yes. to the label. Yeah. Uh, did you download that news? No. Do you have it? I'm not. I'm not sure if I can do it. I don't have it, but. Uh, we, I wish I did. Uh, um, I, I, I will. I will put it in the comments later in the post uh, when they do the review of the. I write down the review, um, so that people that, can try it. Because when they when they download the app and they try it on the label, they will see what will they see. Yeah. So they will see Victoria Falls, uh, like water, like waterfalls from Zambian side to Victoria to sort of Zimbabwean side, fish eagles, some drum beats, like typical African style. Then of course my so my my animation is, is locked in the label. Yeah, yeah. Label so it will take you yes, virtually. It. it will take you virtually to to Victoria Falls. That's a great one. I mean, I've never been there, so I have to try it. 
thanks again, Joseph, for your time. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I wish you all the best with uh, with Mosey Wines. You've got some great things coming up. So uh, I'm sure uh, there will be a success because if you're already capable of producing two of these great wines, I'm sure that number three, four, and five will also be uh, very good. So thank you. Thank for you very, very much. Thank you. Sorry. I said thank you very much. And uh, well, stay in touch. And uh, for everybody, uh, if you see a bottle of South African wine, buy it, right? Sure. Thank you very much, Niels. I greatly appreciate it. Okay. Have a nice evening. Cheers. Okay. Ciao. Bye-bye. So everyone, thank you for watching uh, the show. Season three coming up. And um, well, our first guest for season two, season three will be an Austrian winemaker. So actually that's gonna be next week. Next week, we're gonna go into season three already. You can find on Instagram, the new guests. And over the weekend, we will uh, also post an uh, introduction on the website. So we have some great guests coming up. Also, um, we're about to hit the 8,000 follower mark. But even more important, we hit the 7.5K follower mark. So you can win a set of glasses by Gabriel Glass, like this one. And it's a box of six. Be sure to go to uh, the Instagram page and find the post and um, enter the contest. So thank you everybody for watching. Have a great evening and uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to visit us on Instagram at Dutch underscore wine underscore apprentice and check out our website www.dutchwineapprentice.com for the latest news and content. You can also subscribe to our newsletter through the contact section of our website.